0: It's time to get inside the Giants' home. Let's go! Let's
1: go! Let's go! On giants.com. I like it. I like it. I like it. And the it. Giants' mobile app.
0: Boom! Give me some juice! Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's
1: roll! Welcome to the Giants' home podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football Giants. John Schmoke, Sean O'Hara, our usual Tuesday show. Giants obviously coming off a, a very disappointing 30-6 to loss to the Las Vegas Raiders, Sean. Hmm. Losing Daniel Jones for the year with a torn ACL Dallas Cowboys coming up on Sunday. So we'll touch on all three of those things. Let's first start with the game uh, against the Raiders. Two parts to this. Let's start with the defensive part because I think that's what kind of set the team back and prevented any potential comeback late. The Raiders just came out. They moved the ball well. They ran it on them. 240 yards of offense in the first half. For a team that had not scored 20 points in a game all year, they scored 24 in a half. So uh, to me, that kind of set the stage combined with the issues on offense where it just turned out to be a really bad day at the office.
0: Yeah, and right out of the gate, Josh Jacobs was running free and he didn't look anything like the Josh Jacobs we had seen all season long. Coming into the game, Josh Jacobs was averaging 3.9 yards a carry. And this was the NFL's leading rusher last year. And yet he had a tough start to the season. So um, last week when we were talking, it was during Halloween, they hadn't fired the coach yet when we spoke about it. And then of course, it comes out late Tuesday night that they fired Joshua Daniels and Antonio Pierce, of all people, has named the interim coach. So uh, a lot has happened since then. And, you know, if we had done this at that moment, we probably would have said, wow, in a short week with a new coaching staff, like this should be a slam dunk for the Giants. And in turn, it almost seemed to galvanize this Raiders team. They played a spirited football game. They looked like a totally different team. And to your point, I thought the Giants' defense looked lethargic. Who would have known that trading Leonard Williams away would have completely impacted the run defense? the raiders had not rushed for 100 yards as a team all season
1: they averaged 70 yards per game they're the worst rushing team in the league
0: yeah it was almost a non-issue a non-factor now maybe that was josh mcdaniels and his fingerprints were all over that and that's the reason why but they were they were blocking people they had energy josh jacobs ran with vigor and they had 125 yards rushing as a team josh jacobs actually had 100 yards rushing and then on the last play of the game lost three yards so he doesn't get credit for that as an offensive lineman that would drive you nuts but I really felt like the defense could not get off the field. And to give up 30 points to this team um, in the Raiders last week, uh, that was very disappointing. And to your point, the Giants defense has done so good all season long. Like the Jets game, you look at what they did to Brees Hall. 15 carries, 17 yards. 14 points to the Bills three weeks ago. I mean, mean, they're great. Yeah, it felt like a very odd game defensively. Um, And you know, of course, Aiden Aiden O'Connell's making his second start. I would have thought there would be more pressure, more blitz. We had one quarterback hit, and it wasn't even by d lineman. It was Micah McFadden. Zero sacks on a young quarterback like this. There's no excuse for that. We could not get home, and And I think that ended up being – that's been our calling card all season long, and we couldn't get home.
1: And I think that goes back to being unable to stop the run and then having an early deficit, right? The Raiders never really did do straight drop back. They did a ton of play action. When they went straight back, drop back, it was a lot of quick stuff. So – the Giants only rushed a passer, I think, twenty-five times in the game. It's just not a lot of reps. Right. And then the Raiders able to use design stuff where they're not putting their quarterback in danger. But look, agreed. You know, Dexter Lawrence, who had frankly looked like the best defensive player in the league the last couple of weeks, he was quiet. Kayvon Thibodeau didn't have a pressure in the game. And it just, you know, not a whole lot was going right defensively. Yeah. You know, that was one matchup going into this game. You said, look, the Raiders offense. We talked to Lincoln Kennedy. On the pregame, on the radio broadcast on Sunday, he does the Raiders. He's their radio analyst. And yeah. obviously, he goes, Look, this offensive line has been really bad this year. Yeah. And you wouldn't have known from watching this game. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, and look, Jimmy Garoppolo will tell, <laughs> he'll agree with you. Like, he's been banged up. Um, you know, he's been harassed. Like, when you look at, you know, some of their previous games, like, he was under duress. And a lot of the big throws that he missed, about the Adams, were he was getting drilled as he was throwing the ball. And the Giants had zero pressures from any of the linemen. Um, that can't happen, and, and that obviously is part of the formula for a loss.
1: Yeah. All right, now let's go to the offensive side of the ball. I thought it was pretty clear early that Daniel Jones was a little bit rusty. Uh, the first pass of the game, Saquon Barkley, wide open in the flat, are right over his head. Uh, did a great job from a mental standpoint. He checked in to two deep passes to Jalen Hyatt against single high safety. Had him open deep down the field. Couldn't connect on either one of those two. And, you know, you look at this game, if he connects on those, this whole thing could look a whole lot different, right? The yeah. Raiders took a couple shots, they hit the one down the field over the top on Deontay Banks, the Giants had two shots, they couldn't complete those passes down the field, and then eventually, obviously, Daniel Jones injures his knee, and then the whole thing changes.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was the salt of the wound, literally, right there for, for DJ to go down, but... It was missed opportunities, and you're bringing up those throws. Like he had Jalen Hyatt streaking down the sideline. You have to make those throws. At least uh, make one of them. And and, and then the second one, it was out of bounds. You know, he didn't even have a chance to catch and come down with the ball. So, certainly some missed opportunities. You understand the first play of the game. You know, hey, look, you're probably a little jacked up, a little juiced up at your first game back. Uh, Also, Max Crosby was one on one uh, on the very first play of the game, Um, and he jumped up. So, maybe that, I don't know if that impacts. The throw a little bit. You think it's going to get batted down. Um, but everything was laid out before the game for great success offensively. Daniel Jones is back. Andrew Thomas is back. Evan Neal is back. Like every The State offensive quality. line actually yeah. looked like the offensive line that started week one against Dallas for the first time. And so you think like, alright, hey, this offense is going to be humming. Uh, of course, no Darren Waller, which I think that was a big impact in the passing game, not having him. Um, but... Saquon was the lone bright spot. Like he was running like a man possessed. I thought early on, Saquon had a lot of juice. He was, he was breaking tackles, breaking arm tackles. He should have had 30 carries the way he was playing. Um, but not just the missed throws. I thought too, the Giants really shot themselves in the foot. Not a lot of penalties, but they were crucial, pen, like crucial, t- crucially timed or, or, or like the worst case time. Fourth and inches, they're going for the quarterback sneak and Evan Neal jumps off sides. Brian Dable, everybody has seen that, I'm sure, online, you know, asking him what happened very gently. Um and then another fourth. Dable, in by the way,
1: indicated that that might have been a try to draw them offside. It was Ma- Max there. Crosby
0: jumped. Yeah. Now he Max Crosby did not come into the neutral zone, so it wasn't a flag, but he Max yeah. Crosby definitely baited him because he tried to act he acted like he was jumping towards the line, like the ball had snapped. Uh but you gotta you've got to maintain your composure and you've got to block that out. Another fourth uh and short, and they go for the quarterback sneak, don't get it. So there's another loss. And then later on in the game, another short yardage, and Bellinger jumps. So those situations, those are huge, huge situations. And, look, if you have a false start on a first down or a second down, you can overcome that. But not third and inches, fourth and inches. Kills you. Like, that, that, that totally r- ruins your plan. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with Citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings?
1: John, let me. Uh, I want to ask you something about the tush push play. I want to talk about tush push technique for a second. Yeah. I, I think what maybe someone. There's no team executes this play like the Eagles do, right? So no, I want to get not, your. Not even on close. This. I haven't talked to anyone here about this. This is just my simple theory watching the Giants do it. Unlike your traditional quarterback sneak, where the quarterback kind of gets low and tries to sneak his way in. On that, if you're going to have the guys push, the quarterback has to stay on his feet. You know, if he dives in low right away, it negates the push. You can't push. So I think Daniel almost tried to execute it like a traditional quarterback sneak, and the guys behind him didn't really have a chance to do the tush push. You know right. what I mean?
0: Well, and there also has to be room to go to like, to like go somewhere. Right. So the reason why the Eagles are so good at it is because they, they get a surge. The whole point of that is to get that surge and when you're all working together and driving your feet, it's not, hey, snap the ball and dive down to the ground to your point. It's snap the ball, be lower than them and drive back and when you do it, in that wing formation almost. I mean, that's how birds fly in the the sky, right? You always see them in a V formation. There's a reason for that. The wind resistance gets cut down. You've got to kind of create that V and you get the push and the surge And if you don't get that up front, man, you can't ask Daniel Jones to all of a sudden, or any quarterback for that matter, to all of a sudden push the offensive linemen. They've got to be the ones that get the push. Um, I will say, look, nobody does it like the Eagles. And if you need any better example of it, go look at the play um, when Dallas did not score and they get the ball on like two-inch line. They have to run the tush push coming out. That was one of the best surges I've seen out of all of the quarterback sneaks that they have probably done. And Micah Parsons actually tries to jump on the pile and it looks like he's body surfing as, as he rides the wave of the surge. Backwards, L- look he's, it up. he's
1: riding the wave backwards. Yeah,
0: so that that right there is the key with it. I will also say that given that your quarterback is coming off of a neck injury, I don't. I was surprised to see them even run that play because now you're asking your quarterback to basically expose himself um, and look saquon had been running well you had your offensive line back to full strength basically um there's other plays for that but uh, that was certainly a a big miss um and you know you mentioned the injury i think i feel like when daniel jones went down uh, like everybody was deflated like the entire team you could kind of feel the energy just leave the sideline and of course everybody feels terrible for daniel jones obviously he's coming back from the neck injury and now you think all right here we go maybe let's stack some wins together and t- to find out now that he's gone for the season and in that moment, it was such a tough moment to see when he stumbles and goes down, end of the quarter, he's shaking it off. You think, okay, he's all right, and then just crumble on the next play. Like I think everybody kind of knew like that's the worst case scenario. And yeah. You hope um, that
1: maybe it wasn't the A C L, maybe it was an M C L yeah, or something like that. Maybe but, you got yeah. lucky,
0: but um just kind of the way that everything happened, like you kinda knew it was gonna be um it was gonna be catastrophic. And and I think, you know, seeing Saquon all of a sudden once he realized what was going on, he's on the sidelines now. Hey, look, we got to pick everybody up. we got to step it up. Yeah. So, um, you know, that definitely changes everything. And then from a game plan standpoint, okay, you basically have this entire call sheet right here. Yeah, what do you have? And, you know, you've got all this stuff that you prepared for all week here for the Raiders. Okay, now basically we we can run this play, this play, this play. What does is, what is our backup quarterback really know? This play, how many reps did he get on this one? So now you're going through and you're picking a la carte. Here are the plays that we know that he understands the concepts and he's really good at. Yeah. That's so, interesting. Um, it really just kind of narrows your selection. It's like going into a restaurant and you ask for the for the menu, and they say, "Yeah, here's the menu, but we don't have that. We don't have that. We're out of that. We're out of that. Oh, and the specials—they're not—they're they're already sold out too."
1: Giants Little Podcast is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. From game day to everyday, Citizens is made ready for Giants fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com And I'm—I apologize, I interrupted you before. You mentioned that. You know, and this is why I brought up the defense first, even though the Daniel Jones thing's happening, and, and we will get back to that moving forward here. Saquon, the way he ran, should have gotten 30 carries. Yeah. The problem is that you're down 24 nothing at halftime.
0: Right, the game gets away from you. Hey. Right.
1: And, and, you know, if, if it's 10 nothing at halftime, Saquon might be able to carry you home in the second half of that game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and really, the Giants have been good in the red zone with forcing them to kick field goals, you know. And in, the, in that situation, if they held them to a field goal, now maybe it's just a one-score game or now maybe it's it's reachable. But, um, you know, even with Tommy DeVito coming into the game, you know, things can kind of change. And, sure. and I think um, in that instant, you know, you you kind of channel back to the Jets game. Like, hey, all right, when Tommy DeVito came into the game after Tyrod exited, it was all Saquon, all Saquon. And part of it was because of the rain and the conditions and the weather. But um, I I think that that's what you have to do. And you have to find out, all right, who's our best player? How do we get him the most amount of touches? Saquon is playing really well right now. Um, Obviously on the fourth down, they go to him. He's your go-to guy. Um, And like I said, without Darren Waller, like he's the most trustworthy player and the guy that you want the ball in his hands every single time you can.
1: Alright, now let's talk about the Jones injury as a whole here. You already talked about how it impacted the game. You're a veteran leader in that locker room now. You still have eight games to play. Yeah. You're two and seven, but you have almost half the year. And Tyrod's out for at least three more weeks. We don't know if his injury is more serious, it could take longer than that. So that's three weeks in a bye. So he's gonna have literally six full actual weeks to kind of get back from this injury, right? To be ready for that game after the bye. So as a veteran. What are you trying to do to make sure that your entire team stays fully engaged here and is still putting out a good effort as someone that used to be a
0: captain? Yeah, no excuses. Like we got to go win. Look, Josh Jobs Josh Jobs just won a game for the Minnesota Vikings. He'd been on the team for 4 days, right? He didn't even know the guys' names. He didn't know his receivers' names. He didn't know the snap count. He's practicing the cadence on the sideline before he goes in the game. That
1: was amazing to watch and yet
0: that. Yeah, they won like he and he actually was a big part of the reason why they won. He scrambled for a, a bunch of plays, ran for a couple yeah, first downs. The Falcons
1: aren't a bad team either by the way.
0: No, I mean they they you know the, like that they had no business winning that game with with Josh Dallas, but it happened. So you kind of channel that and you fuel that. And the other thing is it's Dallas week. I don't care who the quarterback is, I don't care what the record record is. If you have a chance to play the Dallas Cowboys, and you have a chance to beat them in their own house, that's all that matters. So you've got a cowboy up, if you will. And I think every pro will tell you, look, this is the name of the game. Like guys go down every single year. It happens. The Jets lost Aaron Rodgers. They're winning games that in spite of Zach Wilson, not because of him. So you can still win football games. And I think the challenge really is just, hey, look, it's on all of us guys in the locker room. And that's where the veteran players need to step up. You can't feel sorry for yourself. The Cowboys don't care. They don't give a hoot. Nobody else in the league cares about your injuries, about your problems. You've got to go win a football game. And I, I think that that mindset obviously has to start at the top. I'm sure Brian Dable is already preaching that. The position coaches, everybody's got to buy in. But you know, the message really from Dable to the team is there's no cavalry coming. Like There's, n- there's not another set of troops coming to rescue you from the season. You have to fight. You've got to fight your way out of it. Like we talked about on the post-game show, I mentioned, hey, there's the, the ship's taking on water. Well, you could either grab a bucket or jump ship. And so everybody's gotta grab a bucket and you gotta do your part. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows, your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings?
1: Okay, now before we talk about Dallas, we will in a sec I, I will, we'll let, you know, let's do Dallas now and I'll do the big picture Daniel Jones in a second. If I could pick the opponent I would least want to face with a <laughs> drafted rookie quarterback coming this week, Dallas it would, would probably him. be the Dallas Cowboys defense yeah. with you know, at least Philly's defense, you know, I'm gonna say it's it's simpler, but it is. Yeah. Dallas just does so many different things up front with their blitzes, with their coverages. They're going to try to basically make Tommy DeVito's head a cyclone and have it spinning at a yeah. bajillion miles per hour. So, what can you do as an offense here to help him out against a defense that just is. I mean, we've seen what they've done against offenses that yeah. have struggled this year. It's just been dominant performances, takeaways, pick sixes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I think Dallas and Philly are the two best defenses right now. And to be honest with you, the Giants have not played well against them up front. In the last couple of years, and the, the bowl, you know in the Eagles' games last year, um, it was a free for all. No, we couldn't block Hassan Reddick. We couldn't block Fletcher Cox. I mean, and they added Jalen Carter, and so there's a mess there for Dallas. They obviously Micah Parsons is a problem. Look, he's an issue, and the challenge with him is he doesn't just line up like Max Crosby. You know, like you know he's going to be against the right tackle or the left tackle. You know, and he's got his majority of reps, but Micah lines up everywhere. Like, he'll line up over the guard. He runs inside a lot more than people realize. Yeah, I mean, he mm-hmm. was standing up over the center in the Rams game and gives him a juke move and beats him for a sack. So Micah is everywhere. They put him in every different position, and they create different ways for him. He had a sack against the Jets where he's lined up against Dwayne Brown, and they run like a, a three-man twist. They run two guys up the outside, and they run him right up the A-gap. And he comes in scot-free and sacks uh, Zach Wilson. So they're, they're finding wrinkles to get him open. Um, and get him free shots on the quarterback, but you know it's not just him. Look, Demarcus Lawrence is is, is a heck of a player. Um, they've done a great job up front.
1: Osa digizu has had a really good year at defensive tackle. Yeah, and
0: it's amazing how when everybody's giving all the attention to this guy, all the, everybody else gets one-on-one matchups. So. They're definitely a handful up front. Um, you know, look, defensively, I think Dan Quinn is, is one of the, the, the best coaches in the league. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a head coach next year. Um, Whether it, in he,
1: Dallas or somewhere else.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you shouldn't be surprised. He's a Jersey boy. He's from Morristown. So, uh, of course, this game probably has a little bit more of an element to it for him as well. But I think the challenge for the Giants, what you have to do is first down production is so paramount. Like, you can't just go up on first down and lose two yards. Now you're second and 12. You can't go up on first down, throw the ball. It's incomplete. Now we're in second and long. Like, first down production is so important because you have to give your young quarterback and Tommy DeVito confidence that, hey, we're going to put you in third and short situations. I don't think the Giants are going to be looking for big, explosive plays and, hey, we're going to have, you know, we're going to take a bunch of deep shots here. Maybe there's a couple opportunities for that, but it's going to have to be 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives in order to get a touchdown. So I think what you do is you know, create some up-tempo. I think that could help. Hey, maybe if you go a little no huddle, not, not two-minute offense. You're not trying to go too fast, but you're just up-tempo so that you kind of force that defense into a little bit more of a vanilla scheme. That can help. But we talked about like this, You have to create a run game. You have to create opportunities for their defense to say, look, they're they're loading up on the run. We got to bring that extra safety in the box, and clear up the picture for Tommy DeVito. Um, now, I think he needs to trust his pocket a little bit more. And we're saying all that as we're talking about Micah Parsons. Yeah, honestly, it's I, hard to do, I know they give up
1: eight sacks. I thought the offensive line actually was okay against the honest It wasn't wasn't perfect by any means, no, but it was, it was okay.
0: It, compared to what they have done this season, that might have been their most complete game from a pass protection standpoint. Like they did a really good job in the, on a lot of different plays, which you know you'd be really hard to find that in previous games. So, you know, offensively, you've got to just move the chains. you got to get first downs, first downs. Um, I think obviously with Micah Parsons, you got to attack him in different ways. Like trap him with a guard. You wham him with a tight end. You give him different looks. Crack him from the outside, from a receiver standpoint. Toss it outside of him. You try to run at him and give him different things to have to think about. Hopefully, that makes him hesitate a little bit, so he's not just pinning his ear back. But, um, but it's not just him. You know, you've got to play good ball, and and I think that's one of the things the Giants. You can't. Turn the ball over and you can't bite yourself in the foot or shoot yourself in the foot on those certain situations. Yeah,
1: and that Dallas secondary likes to jump passes too, so you got to be careful throwing that ball in the coverage. Giant fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens. Named the 2022 best bank in the U.S. by the banker. As the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the huddled Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at CitizensBank.com. Folks, when Tuesday's Big Blue kickoff live starts late, this is why. I apologize, but I teased it. i got to ask it. Big picture, Daniel Jones now with the Giants moving forward, Sean. Just how do you view the whole situation? Well, it's
0: definitely murky. You know, I, th- I think before this injury, there's you know no question about it. Daniel Jones is coming back next year. He's the Giants' starting quarterback. He's the franchise. He's the future. And and cons- this, and contractually, injury, he
1: will be back next year. By the way. he it's is. He's back next yes. year.
0: He is still the quarterback for the Giants, and I think the injury doesn't change that. But it definitely muddies the water uh, from a standpoint from from the long term standpoint. Like you know, what do we do? Because it's not just this injury. It's that it's been multiple injuries it's been ankles it's been necks now it's knee so it's it's not his fault but it's like Jimmy Garoppolo the reason why they were drafting quarterbacks in San Francisco um, you know, multiple years in a row is because he could stay healthy. It's so if you can't stay on right. the field, mm-hmm. you have to, as a GM and as a coach, you have to have a plan B. You have to have a plan B for the next couple of years and for the future. So, uh, look, I will say this. Don't write the, – the book is not over on Daniel Jones. Like, this guy is tougher than he looks. He's tougher than most people think and give him credit for. I have no doubt that he's going to come back. And if you were to t- ask me what position – has the best chance to come back from an ACL injury just as good if not better than what they were before it's quarterback. Yeah. You know, running back, look Saquon Barkley is back and and it's like he never never hurt his knee a couple years ago. It took him a little longer, but we saw Joe Burrow come back from an ACL and lead his team to the Super Bowl. So, it can be done and Daniel Jones can still be a great player. The difference between a guy like Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones is Burrow wins from the pocket. Daniel Jones part a big part of his game is the fact that he is a true running weapon. Can he get back to that? Will he be that same running threat uh, is still TBD. But uh, of course we're all wishing him the best uh, for yeah. a speedy recovery. And uh, I know he's gonna attack the rehab uh, head on and uh, he's a tough kid. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm not. Gonna bet against Daniel Jones in this instance at all, and neither should you.
1: Howard Cross is ready to physically remove me from my seat so I and, and, and he can Don't do once, by the way. So yeah. um I'm Sign you. him up. So kay. we're gonna get out of here. Apologies for for starting BBK late on Tuesday. That's on us. That's on me. You want to finish watching some of the tape of the, the game before we start. Nah, no, that that that's on me. It's all brought to you by Citizens, the Giants a Podcast, the official bank of the Giants. For Sean, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next week.
0: Getting ready to take on spring.